For someone who doesn't gamble, I am only 20 after all, I certainly was living and dying with every single play of Super Bowl 56. And I know it's been a minute since the Super Bowl actually took place. I'm catching up on a few columns I've written since the Super Bowl started. The life of a college student is not an easy one. But to get back on task, the game was an instant classic, with the Rams down by a touchdown in the third quarter, only to complete a game-winning drive for the ages to give the Rams their second Super Bowl championship. However, if you've been listening to Tony and me on Colin, this was not really a surprise. I used Zelo to predict that the Rams would snag a Super Bowl in SoFi against the Bills in early August, which is the reason for the hashtag August movement that Tony and I have tried to get going on Twitter. And while I may have gotten the opponent wrong, Zelo was 100% right about the Rams, giving myself, Tony, and Zelo a little bit more credibility. Mainly Zelo, though. However, as much as I want to pat myself on the back for that one, and I already have, so I'm not going to do it more here, I want to focus on the Rams' opponent more than the Rams themselves. In Zelo's preseason simulations, the model gave the Bengals a low chance of winning the division, and it actually predicted a final record of 7-10. And to be fair, that take really only looks bad with hindsight. At the time, I seriously doubt anyone saw the Bengals as a legitimate Super Bowl contender that was you know, outside of Cincinnati. 538 actually predicted the same record. So where did Zelo go wrong here? Now that's actually the thing. I don't think it did. While the Bengals certainly had an immaculate run through the playoffs, I 100% believe they exceeded expectations. And here's why. So for those of you who don't know what DVOA is, it's an advanced metric created by Football Outsiders. It actually stands for Defense Adjusted Value Over Average, which is a fancy way of saying that the ratings it gives each team take into account the quality of the opponent a given team played. So on offense, you want a higher number, and on defense, you want a lower number. In fact, being in the negatives is a really good indicator of a solid defense. The Bengals were just an average team overall, ranking 17th at 0.0%, so literally dead average. While their offense ranked 18th at 1.8%, so slightly above, and their defense was 19th at 2.9%, which means that you know they weren't actually that great of a defense. Their special teams unit was actually their best unit, ranking 8th at 1.7%. Their estimated wins based on those numbers was 8.4, so they exceeded expectations for sure. According to DVOA, the Bengals were undoubtedly not the worst team to make the playoffs. That honor goes to the Steelers. They ranked 24th at negative 10.4, which is pretty horrible, all things considered. But they were far away from the best team, Dallas, at 30.9%. And yes, yes, I know, a lot of good that did the Cowboys. But looking at the conference championship, the, the trend holds true there, too. The Rams finished the regular season in 5th at 21.6% overall, and the 49ers 6th at 19.5, with the Chiefs ranking 7th at 17.5%. So by rank, the Bengals are a significant outlier. And that's not the only way that the Bengals... EPA is another egghead stat, but one I find incredibly helpful. So what EPA stands for is expected points added, and it's a way to measure how likely a team is to score in a given drive. EPA measures the change per play in your expected points. Moving forward increases your EPA, and moving backwards, it decreases it. For example, if you have the ball in your own 25, your expected points would be .607. Now, say you gain 10 yards, your, your expected points jumps up to 1.267. That's an EPA of .66. Now, let's say it's the next play, your QB gets sacked, and you lose 5 yards. Now it's 2nd and 15, and your expected points drops to .0489 meaning you have an EPA of negative 1.218. That's a pretty darning loss considering it's just one sack, but you know 
that is huge play. So sacks are really negative. Obviously, big chunk plays are really positive. You get the general idea. Another thing that EPA does is shows that the Bengals were an outlier team. NF, NF ELO charts out that e, EPA per play, putting offensive EPA on the X-axis and defensive on the Y. Now, if you go look on the Observer's website under my articles, you actually find this article on the Observer's website. And it has a link to the chart that I'm about to describe. So from the graph, it divides teams into different tiers with Super Bowl competitor, playoff team, average, below average, and lottery pick teams. Cincinnati was considered to be an average team with an EPA of minus 0.4, which is actually really good for a defense, but then an offensive EPA of 0.01, which is just, again, right above average. Those two EPAs plot Cincinnati in the middle of the pack, making them an average team overall and arguably the worst division winner and third worst playoff team. The Bengals were in the company of the Browns, Broncos, and Vikings, and I don't think anybody thought those three teams were Super Bowl playoff teams. And I know, I know, those teams didn't make the playoffs. The Bengals made it to the Super Bowl and were just a couple of plays away from winning. I'm not trying to dispute that. I know the Bengals made the Super Bowl, and they almost won it, too. However, I am trying to dispute the notion that the Bengals are primed to be a Super Bowl team next year. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have undoubtedly opened a championship window for the Bengals, and the franchise is going to be a contender the AFC for the next couple of years for sure. However, just because you make a Super Bowl doesn't mean you're guaranteed to make it back the next year. Just ask the 2003. The 2003 Panthers were 11 and 5, and they went on a historic run in the playoffs, beating the Cowboys, Rams, and Eagles before they came up short against the Patriots. According to Pro Football Reference, the Panthers were projected to finish 8.6 and 7.4, but they severely overachieved by making the Super Bowl. They did so mainly because their defense played way better than it was expected to. They ranked 8th in yards against with an offense that ranked 16th in yards for. Instead of returning to the Super Bowl the next year, the Panthers finished 7-9, and 3rd in the NFC South. Now, look at the Bengals' DVOA and EPA suggest that the Bengals massively overachieved the season with an offense ranked 13th in yards and 18th against in yards. And even if you think that the Bengals are simply a few linemen away from a return trip to the Super Bowl and they're better than the Panthers were, think again. The 2020 Saints went all in on winning the Super Bowl. They had a top five offense and a top five defense in the regular season. Tampa Bay ended their season as Brady cruised to his seventh Super Bowl. Being perfect on paper isn't enough. That's why we play the games. It's nearly impossible to win a Super Bowl. It just takes the perfect concoction of on-the-field talent and luck. Look at Dan Marino, the greatest QB to never win a Super Bowl. He made it once as the MVP of the league and then never returned. Burrow could legitimately be next. And I doubt that's going to be the case. Don't, don't let that be the takeaway here. But... What I am saying is that the Bengals have a franchise QB and a rapidly improving offense. They're in good shape if they can build on, on their offensive line and add to the defense. They are incredibly likely to hoist Lombardi in the next handful of years. But it's so hard to win a Super Bowl. It's nearly impossible. So let's celebrate the Bengals. They overachieved, but that's what they did. They overachieved. Let's pump the brakes. They just defied probability. That's the thing about probability. It always gets you. For the Touchdown Rundown, I'm Thomas Willer.